Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today we celebrate Father's Day with a message called, Daddy, Do You Trust Me? This message is for everyone. Fathers are designed to lead their family, just like the Heavenly Father wants to lead each of His children. In order to follow, we must trust. Do you trust Him? We hope you enjoy this message. For God to do something big in your life if you're waiting for something to happen. Amen? So God bless you. Take out your sermon notes. Let's get into the Word right away. And obviously you can tell throughout the day we've been talking about, Daddy, do you trust me? It was funny in the first service. You should have seen uh, those mousetraps were snapping because I, I kid you not. I, I, Daddy, they didn't trust the daughter. And uh, they were snapping those bad boys ever since they got up. I thought we had snapping turtles up here instead of snapping traps. Amen? And these guys, it was crazy. And so anyways, it was fun. But it trusted, so you can see that you have to trust each other, and most of all, we have to trust the Lord. But as I was putting this sermon together, I was talking about, Daddy, do you trust me? And I was wondering about what does trust mean? And I, you have your sermon notes, you can see trust means this. And I thought the definition of trust was quite uh, remarkable to me and really stood out something to me. A firm belief in the reliability, truth, Ability or strength of someone or something. That's what trust is. The firm belief or reliability or dependability in someone that you are dependable, that you are a man of integrity or a woman of integrity, a woman of your word, a man of your word, that you follow through in what you're going to say, that you are the word, a man of your word, your word is your bond, that you walk in truth, that you walk in strength, and that that is what trust is, that I trust that that person will follow through with what they say. How many of you have ever had people say they were going to do something and never do it? And then because they didn't do it, it hurts you or lets you down or discouraged you or, or maybe upset because they didn't follow through with what they said they were going to do. How I many you know procrastinators? And they procrastinate to a point they never get it done. And because they never get it done, they broke your trust or dependability on you because you never followed through. You never done what you said you were going to do. Well, trust means that I have total reliability in that person. They will follow through in what what they say and what they say. In Proverbs chapter 3, I love what Solomon says. He says these words, and it's important that we follow through. How many of you know the Bible says, line upon line and precept upon precept, rule upon rule? In other words, there's line upon line, step by step. Just like that video said, I'm afraid of steps because they're always going to take me places. That every step guides you or takes you higher or takes you to a place. And in this verses of Scripture in Psalms, uh, Solomon, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon is giving us some steps to lead to prosperity in the life. How many want prosperity? And I'm not just talking about prosperity financially. I'm talking about prosperity in your health, maybe in your family. I'm talking about prosperity maybe in guidance and direction and wisdom and grace and mercy, that you have prosperity in all these things. But here's the line upon line or the precept upon precept. He says, verse 1, my son, do not forget my teachings. So the first line or the first precept that Solomon is saying to us, he's making it my son or my daughter that follow in my teachings, follow in my 
ways. You know, why did you get taught? You get taught to learn something, to give you new insight, to give you maybe education, or maybe give you guidance. That's what teaching is all about. Then he said, my son, do not forget my teaching. So what is he saying? He says, but keep my commands in your heart, the teachings of the word of God. David said, thy word have I hidden in thy heart that I might not sin against God. So he said, keep my commands in your heart. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth what? Speaks. So your, your heart is the storage tank for the word of God. So what you put in of the word is going to come out. So whatever garbage in is going to be garbage out. Good in is going to be good out. So what he says, he says, put the teachings, basic instructions before leaving earth, Bible, into the container of your heart and follow those steps. So follow those steps in which I have put to you or given to you. But here's what he says. If you will follow that first line, the teachings, and follow the commands and walk them out, Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Be what? Be livers of the word. Be, be believers of the word. They did, the Bible says what? It's not by faith, but what? By sight that you, not by sight, but by faith that God, I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to have faith in you. But then in verse 2, he says this. For they will prolong your life many years and bring peace and prosperity. So what will? If you follow the teachings or the instructions of the word of God, they will prolong your life and bring peace and prosperity to your life. That you will follow the precepts, the line upon line, precept upon precept, and they will bring peace and prosperity to your life. I love this. Not forgetting and following his commands leads to a prolonged life with peace and prosperity. So you say peace and prosperity. Isaiah chapter 26, I love this word. He says, Isaiah 26 says, you will keep in perfect peace. Now watch what he says. In perfect peace, those whose minds are steadfast. He will keep us in perfect peace because whenever you focus on God, he keeps you in focus and not out of focus. When you focus on God, he lets you see the big picture and not just some of the picture. What happens in life is that sometimes we get out of pieces because we only see bits and pieces of the pieces or the puzzle or the picture in which we want to see. But God has the whole plan for your life. He has the manuscript for who you are. So what he says, he will keep you in perfect peace because he'll bring you into focus for the plan and the purpose and the reason and things in your life. If you will focus on him, he'll make it invisible. He'll make it lighten to you that you shall follow in the ways that I have for you. But here's what, here's the cool thing. He said, because you trust me. That's the hard part right there. God, okay. God, I, I, I can follow your teachings. I can put my word, your word in my heart, but God, I, I, it's hard to uh, to trust you. And a lot of times we take our trust into God because maybe we've had bad relationships in the past and we've been burnt by maybe somebody or someone. And because we've been burnt by somebody or someone, what happens is we take that same mistrust. Do you get that? That same mistrust that we have towards people, we take that sometimes in our relationship with God. And we take that in our relationship with God that, God, 
I trust you only this far. God, I trust you. And then if you, Lord, show it to me or prove it to me, then, God, maybe I'll open up a little more and trust you a little more. God doesn't want partnership. He wants ownership. He doesn't want you to just give him part of your heart. He wants all of your heart. And so many times we want a partnership with God. God said, no, I don't want partnership. I want ownership of you so that I can lead you, guide you, and direct you if you will trust me. Amen? How many of you ever been burned by a partner? I see many times, one of the things I've ever learned is that I will never, I will never go into partnership with family. That's just me. And the reason why is because throughout my years, I've had six sisters and six, two brothers. And then, like I said, my other, my stepfather had eight kids. And they, they got into partnership with, with each other. And through that, sometimes it, it caused a ripple. It caused some pain. But one thing that I will get in partnership with, with God. Me and God, we make a majority. And sometimes what happens, who are you partnering up with? Are you partnering up with the wrong people or are you trusting God? You see, listen, no God, no peace. No God, no peace. If you know God, you're going to find peace. Peace and passive, all understanding. But another one is this, no God, no peace. If you don't know God, you're not going to know peace because God is peace. Peace that passive all understanding. And so you wonder why maybe you're like a dog chasing your tail all the time. Maybe you're not knowing God, and because you're not knowing God the right way, you're not knowing peace. God is a God of peace. Fathers, we are called to lead, guide, and direct our families in the ways of our heavenly Father. Our role as fathers, God created us fathers to be the stronger vessel. And in being the stronger vessel, that means that we lead, that we're out in front. We're the kamikaze. We're taking the bullets. We're taking the nicks. We're taking the scars for our family to follow. I remember, and maybe I'm dating myself now, but maybe you remember this commercial. Remember when Dodge came out with this commercial? It was lead, follow, or get out of the way. We had three alternatives, lead, follow, or get out of the way. The whole reason of it was that when they came out with their new truck line, they came out with that slogan. We're going to lead by setting a new trend. Did you remember when Dodge came out with that truck, all of a sudden it started overcoming Ford F-150s because everybody loved that new look of the Dodge truck. How many remember that? And when they came out with that new truck, is that's when they came out with that new slogan. It's because they came out with something new that people could get get a hold of. And that slogan stuck with people. And all of a sudden, Dodge almost overcame the F-150s. And all of a sudden, because they had a new slogan, they had a new product, and they were leading by being innovative with new designs. And what happens as fathers, we are called to lead. We are called to lead. Lead because God created you to be the stronger vessel. Being leaders means I'm out front. I'm being the ones, the eyes for my family to follow. And where you lead, your family will follow. Where you lead, whether it's good, whether it's bad, they will follow. Have you ever noticed the Bible says a blind man can't lead a blind man lest they both fall off a cliff? If no one is leading, what happens in a family unit, you're both blind. And if you're both blind, you're falling off into the pits and you're falling off into destruction. You're falling off into maybe pain and, and discouragement and defeat in your life. Because why? Maybe no one is leading. But God has called us fathers to lead and to be the ones that's out front for seeing the vision, the guidance, and the direction for the life of you, and not only you, but your family. I don't know about you, but 
How many have ever received a great gift? And when you got that gift, man, you were so happy about that gift. You were so proud about that gift. You told everybody about that gift. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I remember one of the first times I got a gift. And one of the gifts I got, Tom, it was a basketball. And to some, they seem like it's very simple, a basketball. But to have a basketball in the poverty that we grew up in, that meant a lot to me. I didn't, we didn't have any money. And so when I finally got my first official basketball, I was so proud of that. Matter of fact, when I was growing up playing basketball and even when I became a youth pastor, how many of you ever seen the movie White Man Can't Jump? They used to call me Woody. Everywhere I went, I was carrying my basketball. Woody, right over there. I was carrying my basketball with me. I was proud of that basketball. I was proud everywhere I went. I even, no kidding, I even, this is the truth, even slept with that basketball right next to my head. That is no kidding. Man, I was so proud. I took that basketball around everywhere I went. Everywhere I went. They, here, they, they, they knew. Here comes Basketball Jones. Remember that song? And, and they would remember. They would call me. Here comes Woody. I remember when we went to Rucker Park. Man, we went to Rucker Park, and I had my pastoral shorts on and my, my collared shirt on and everything. And I went out there, man. And at that time, I was pastoring that church on the rock. And it was so funny. I went out there playing basketball, and I was proud carrying my ball with my kids, man, carrying my ball. Walked onto the court there in Rucker Park. All of a sudden, all those brothers, ooh, we got a pastor here from Church on the Rock. Man, he's got the rock. He's selling rocks. Woo! They've taken rock the wrong way. They thought I was selling the white rock. But, and they were like, whoo! But then all of a sudden, here come Woody! Here come Woody! And they recognized me. And the cool thing here is, here's the thing. People, listen, fathers, I was so proud of my basketball that I took it everywhere. Guess what, fathers? You inherited a gift. The reason why you're called the father is because you were given a gift. That gift was not a basketball that gift wasn't something that you bounce and it comes back and hits you in the face or you have it by your pillow like I did. That gift is your spouse. That gift is your son. That gift is your daughter. That father's, that's a gift that God has given to you. He's entrusted into your hands. And what he's entrusted into your hands now, he expects you to lead to guide and direct your families in the ways of your heavenly father. That is a gift, a special gift that God has entrusted to you. And if someone took my basketball, I wrote all over it, CJ, 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 all over the basketball. When I'd go to Southside Center, man, we'd start playing pickup games, and I had to put my basketball on the side. I'll tell you one thing. Before I left that gym, I made sure I had my basketball because I was proud of it. Fathers, you make sure that you have your families together. You make sure that, man, my son, my daughter, my spouse has got her act together, his act together. And that act comes together by your example, by you leading, by you guiding, and by you directing your ways. You see, listen, I love what is a role model. All of us have role models. When I was a young man, my grandfather was my role model. My grandfather was my role model. He was my hero in life. I love it when you hear the old cliche, I once was a zero, but now I'm a hero. Have you ever heard that before? Maybe you were a zero in your life. I was a zero. When I was going through the things in my life, that's my zero times of life. 
But now throughout my life, having three kids, man, seeing what's going on with my kids right now, I feel like a hero. Before I came to church this morning for the first service, my daughter wrote me this text, and I was blubbering. Trust me. I, I'm a soft baby. I, you know that old cliche where they say big boys don't cry? That's a lie. I cry all the time. Amen. I got clean because I had to preach. Amen. But I cry. And my daughter wrote me this big text, Daddy, I love you, blah, 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 blah. I call her my baby girl. She's my princess, all these kind of things. And she wrote me this big text. And I started crying halfway through the text. And I wrote her back and said, thank you, baby girl. That means so much to me. You know, and it just touched my heart to think that she looks up to me as her hero. And that's exactly how she ended her text. Daddy, you're my hero. But you ever wonder what a role model is? Everywhere you go, fathers, even every one of us, no matter if it's a father or a mother or a son or your daughter, everywhere you go, someone is watching you. You know what they say? That looking in a fish tank, that why people buy fish tanks, it's not just because of decoration and it looks pretty. But really, when you study why people buy fish tanks and put them in the big room and have all these beautiful fish, it's because it's good therapy. And what it does is that it's therapy to watch them. They're smooth. They're graceful. You watch them, and it helps you to relax. You know what, fathers? You live in a fishbowl, and people are watching you. And when you're watching the fish, what do you do? You laugh. You make fun of them. Look at those two. They're kissing fish. Man, they're stuck together. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're in a fishbowl, and people are watching you. No matter where you are, whether you have private time in life, God's watching you. Whether you're on your job, your coworkers are watching you. Whether you're in the grocery store, your peers are watching you. Everywhere you go, someone's watching you. And the cool thing is they're watching to see who you are. Are you a role model? Are you a zero? Or are you a hero? But what is a role model? Have you ever thought about them? Number one, what is a role model? You can trust them. The first thing about a role model is that you can trust them. That, man, fathers, that we are role models, that you are dependable, as we talked about the meaning of trust, that you are dependable, that you are reliable, that you will follow through with your word. I hate to say it, that one of the hard things of me as growing up, my father, I love my father, my natural father, I love him very dearly, but my natural father was never a man that held to his word. He never was a man that would follow through with his word. There's only one time that I can remember that he really did follow through to his word, and that was that he would take me on a motorcycle ride. And that's what I always remember about my dad. And when my dad passed, my stepmother, she so graciously gave me my dad's motorcycle. You know why? Because that's the very thing that I remember my dad following through with his word. You see, Fathers, if you want to be a role model, if you want to be a role model, then they have to trust you. See, they will follow through with their words. That you follow through. How many of you know that words are cheap? You know, they say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Words do truly hurt. So we got to be careful by what we say. Words can cost much Man, they can cost much. By what do you mean they can cost much? They can cost pain. They can cause pain. It can cost pain in your life by what you say and don't follow through. That's a role model. Another role model is this. They set a good example for others. They set a good example for others that they got good integrity. They follow through with their word. They, man, they live at peace. They, man, they have a great family. They're a great role model. 
You see, fathers, you're in that fishbowl. You're in the fishbowl, and your food comes just like their fish would come to the top as soon as you would sprinkle that fish food in there, and all of a sudden the fish would come. You know what your fish food is? Your fish food is by you being a good example to the people around you, and the people that are around you become like cats, and when they become like cats and you start petting them, they'll start purring, and when they start purring, that's when you get your fish food. Because why? They're happy, happy, happy. And because they're happy, 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 you're happy, happy, happy. A happy wife is a happy life. A happy kid is a happy life. (laughs) Somebody say amen to that. Right? But it's so true. I love this. What is a role model? They live a life of peace, courage, and strength. Peace. Man, that, hey, do you know that fathers, that you and I are the foundation of a house? A house is only as good as its foundation. If your foundation is weak, guess what else is weak? The whole house. So fathers, you are the foundation. That's why God created you the strongest vessel. That's why he created you the head of your household. Not as just to lead or to dictate but also to be the one that guides and directs and protects and provides, that you are that foundation, that when the storms come, you're not rattled, you're not shaken, but you're just at peace because I know that my God is in control. You see, that's what a role model is, that being at peace, being of courage, that I'm going to take risks. I always say a turtle never makes any stride until it sticks out its neck. And fathers, we are called to take risks. We are called to take uh, steps of faith. We are called to be a courage, to be an encourager to others, also to be strong. Not to be that teeter-totter and let our emotions control us but to be steadfast, even in the dry times and the droughts of life, that I'm going to be made strong. But when you say about being strong, what does that mean to be strong? To be strong in God. That God, I'm the priest of this home. And Lord, I can't do it without you. But with you, I can do all things. And that's why Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That God help me to be strong. But then here's another precepts in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It doesn't end with prolonged life and prosperity. But here's what he says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Wow. Trust. Hear that word again, trust. All through this service, the theme of this service has been about trust. Just like you had to trust your son or your daughter, dads, to guide you through the maze of mousetraps. That's what life is all about sometimes. It's trusting. It's trusting. God, I don't understand it, but I trust you. God, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. All through life, Cheryl and I, have never taken a church, I want you to hear this, we have never taken a church on what they could give us. Seriously. We have never taken a church on what they could give us. Our first church we started, man, was $156 a week. That was full time. And we had three kids, two in diapers, 
One was just now potty trained. I had a car payment of $113. I had my student loan. I had all these things. But we never took a church on what they could give us. We just trusted God. Then we left that church, and we took our first senior pastor position. And that was, man, a church that went through a split. And when I got there, man, Cheryl and I had to take out our own personal loan to keep the church afloat. And then, man, the secretaries, the two secretaries that this church had that was only, I don't know how many people that was, 20-some, 26 people. You know what happened there? Two of the secretaries made more money than I did. My point is, sometimes you trust God even when it doesn't feel right. Are you hearing me? So many times we want to trust God when all the doors open up, when everything feels right, when things, man, just fall into place. But sometimes that's not faith. Faith is trusting even when you can't see it, but you believe it. I know that I know that I know that my Redeemer lives. And I know that he'll never let the righteous be forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. So, God, I'm going to trust you to go there. I'm going to trust you to step out in faith. I'm going to trust you, God, regardless of what it may look like, because, God, you said so. Can you imagine Abraham, who waited so many years even to a point when God said to his wife, Sarah, at this time next year, you will have a son. And what did Sarah do? She laughed. How many have ever laughed at God? Yeah, right, God. I'll believe it when I see it. I think we've all done that before. But God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, at this time next year, you will have a son. And you know what? Abraham trusted, and he believed, and he obeyed God. And a year later, a year later, what happened? Abraham had a son. Abraham had a son named Isaac, a very special son. Back in those days, when you didn't have a son, you were degraded. You were looked at as less valued. And so yet, Abraham now, at 100 years old, had a son. But it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. God did something out of the ordinary. God did something that will blow his mind. And that was now, Abraham, your greatest possession, your greatest prize, your son, your son, Isaac, your one and only son. I want you to go and sacrifice him. Talk about trust. He had to lay it all down. And you know what? I love reading that story because it says early in the morning, Abraham saddled his donkey and gathered the wood for the sacrifice of his son. Why? Because fathers, he trusted. Can I ask you a question? What are you not trusting God about right now? What are you not trusting God about right now? And then the second part of that question, why aren't you trusting God? Are you taking in your relationship or being burnt, maybe by someone or somebody? Are you taking that burned, that feeling that you had from that person? Are you taking that into your relationship with God? And because you're doing that, you're limiting the blessings. You're limiting the things that God has for your life. You see, listen, when Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac, God saw his obedience. God saw that he trusts. And you know the story that there was a ram that was caught in a thicket that God said, Abraham, he even raised up his knife ready to plunge it into his son. He said, stop. 
I see that you love me. And what happened from that moment on was that Abraham became the descendants of men, of many men and many women, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. He became the sentence of them because why? He trusted his God. And so many times, dads, we are missing the blessings that God has for us because we're not willing to trust wholeheartedly. God doesn't want partnership. He wants ownership. He wants you to surrender. You see, and he goes on, I love this, and lean on into your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. You see what he said? I will make your crooked way straight if you trust me. When I was writing this, this came to mind, and I thought about this, I kid you not. When I preach these messages, trust me, I'm not just preaching to the choir. When I preach these messages, I preach to myself first. And so when I wrote this down, it may sound like it's kind of redundant, but it's true. Watch this. Fathers, you can trust God to do good. You can trust God to do good. But he didn't tell me to stop there. Fathers, you can trust God to do good all the time. To do right all the time. That you can trust God to do right all the time. Not sometime, but all the time. The problem with us is what happens is we get impatient with God. And we get so impatient with God that we jump in the mix. And we mess it up when God said, just be still and know that I'm God. Remember, God's timing doesn't work on our timetable. A thousand years with the Lord is like a day. And a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. So sometimes what happens is we get impatient with God. And because we get impatient with God, we mess up what's good for God that he has for us. Somebody say, ouch. And what happens, God says, I do things right all the time. Remember that old cliche, and you remember this back in the 80s, God is good and all the time. Remember how he used to say that? It was so worn out that, man, we wore that out, right? But it's so true, right? If God really is good, do you really believe it? Do you really Put that in your knower. You see, and then it goes on. Listen, fathers, you can trust God to be faithful to you. I love what Lamentations chapter 3 says, that great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have need of thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful. Are you down to your last dollar? Are you down to your last can of peas like Cheryl and I was? We were down to our last can of peas. Have you ever felt like you were lower than a snake's belly? That's a term in Oklahoma. I was so low. I was a student at North Center Bible College. I had my very first son. We were broke, broke, broke. We had one can of peas left. I promise you. But God said he's faithful. I crossed the street from the school, and I went into a park, and there was a gentleman there that had broke a window of his apartment. He had broke his window, and I knew this gentleman. He said, Sir CJ, he said, I need help. And I said, what would you do? And he said, I broke my window in my apartment, and if I don't get it fixed, I'm going to get evicted. He said, I don't have any money. I said, well, I don't have any money either. But my wife and the coffee can experience. How many got coffee can experiences? You hide them in your cupboard. 
put it under your mattress, whatever you do with it. I remember it was her money. I had $10, Jamie, I promise. One can of peas in the cupboard and $10, period. So I said, you wait here. You wait here. And I ran because I only lived two and a half blocks away from school. And I ran, Carl, to grab that $10 and bring it back to that gentleman. Now we are flat broke. But I trusted God. I want you to get this, guys. Listen, it doesn't matter your little to God. It just matters your obedience. Did you get that? Hear your pastor today. It doesn't matter your little. It matters your obedience. And I took my little, and God made it much. And God, from that $10, bless Cheryl and I throughout that next week. By the time it was over, in my mailbox, four consecutive days, four consecutive days, I have one of those mail chutes that it would go right through to your house. They just send it through the mail chute. it fall on the steps right there in my house. Four consecutive days. I kid you not. And I know I'm live streaming. These people are watching. So they'll verify what I'm saying. Man, the next day, after I gave that $10, I got a card in the mail from Larry and Vicki Ballmeister. Hi, Larry and Vicki. They're watching today. And inside that card was a check for $100. $10. Given $10. That's already a hundredfold. The next day, I got a card in the mail from my Aunt Anna and my Aunt Carol my, my, uh, is watching today. Hi, Carol. She's watching today. Cousin Carol. Hi, Carol. And Amy's watching today. Check this out. In the mail, open the card, $50. In two days, 100 and then next day, 50 the next day, this will end there. The next day, I go to the mailbox. I was going to the mailbox excited now. <laughs> Usually you run from it because a guy named Bill. I've always, if your name is Bill, I've always promised my wife, I will never name my kids Bill or John. I'm going to the John. I'm going to get Bills. I'm never going to name. So if your name is Bill, forgive me. If your name is John, I love you. Amen. But I was excited to go to the mailbox to find the Bills this time. I went to the mailbox a third time. This is no kidding, Justin. Third time, three times in a row. Go to the mailbox, there was another card. This time it was from my sister, my sister Gail, and they're watching today. You know what? Inside that card, there's another $100. In three consecutive days from giving out of obedience, $250. But here's the grand finale. The next day, I go to the mailbox. I receive a letter on behalf of my wife. My wife had hurt herself at her job, and so she was laid up from work. Never once have we gone for workman's comp or anything to that nature at all, period. Opened up that letter from workman's comp and her being laid up. It said, Pastor Cheryl, Cheryl, at that time, we have a compensation check waiting for you if you just want to come and pick it up for $3,427.66. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise. What am I saying? Trust. God is faithful. 
He is faithful. Go ahead, Andrew. He is faithful. Trusting God is a choice of your will. Get this. Trusting God is a choice of your will. Letting go and letting God. Letting go and letting God in Proverbs 14, 26, and 27. I love what it says here. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. Now watch this. And their children, it will be their refuge. So in other words, dads, if you trust in the Lord, guess who's going to follow? My daddy. He's my hero. My daddy. They find refuge in daddy. Justin, you got little ones. Those that have little ones here today, they're following you. I'm emotional today because not only did my little daughter send me that text, but our family is in transition. And man, I'm, <laughs> we're a major transition. All my kids are in ministry for you new people. All my kids are in ministry. All of them. And now... As of today, my daughter and son-in-law will be moving. They're transitioning now eight hours away to Illinois. They're going to an incredible, God, just incredible, incredible things are happening for them. And they're transitioning. Let me just say this to you. Your kids will follow you. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Turning a person from the snares of death. That's what you are. Don't walk there in the waves. Son, daughter, dad, you are their compass. You are their atlas. You are due north. They will follow you. They will follow you. To fear means to trust and obey in the direction of the Lord to, to your, so your children will follow. So your children will follow. Jesus is is your role model to us fathers, and you are a role model to your children. Fathers lead by example, not with just words, because talk is cheap and action is deep. I close with this as we, why don't we trust? Number one, it's because we have to be in control. The reason why Sometimes we forfeit the blessings is because we turn right instead of turning left. And we're not going where God calls us to go. And so we have to be in control. I shared this story in the first service, and I close with it today. My very first church, as I mentioned to you, it was $156 a week. But what you don't know is this. In all my time of ministry... Andy, I've never had to fill out a resume. Tom, I've never filled out a resume. Never. Until this church. In Siren. Of all churches, they're going to call me to fill out a resume. I, tell you the truth, I didn't, summer, I didn't even know how to fill out a resume, so I called my son. CJ, help me out. I don't know how to do a resume. I, I really didn't. So I get invited to come to this church invite out of college and uh, get invited to this church, they never asked for a resume, nor did they ever ask for a picture. Never asked for a resume, never asked for a picture, nothing. So we're interviewing, having conference calls across the phone. So finally, they liked Cheryl and I enough that they invited us to come. So we come, and we get there, 
And when we get out of the car, I noticed the guy, uh, Ron Pageant, and he's watching today too. Uh, Ron Pageant was looking at us really funny. And I mean, I like, I got something on my nose or something on me, what? You know, because he's like checking me out like. So finally, my wife said, hey, uh, Ron, I, I, I noticed that uh, you're kind of looking funny at my, my husband. Is there something wrong? Is there something going on? And he says, I, I have to be honest with you. He says, I, I have to be honest. Um, we thought your husband was black. I don't mean that to be funny, but, uh, you know, because when I grew up and I would talk across the phone, and the reason why I say that is because I went to a predominant white church in Watertown, South Dakota, where there are cowboys. And I don't wear cowboy boots. And I went there. And you know why I said that? Because of sex. Why don't we trust? Afraid of failure. And I thought, man, I'm in Watertown, South Dakota. I don't say, yeehaw. I say, come on, man, yeah. They go, yeehaw. And they tried to get me in cowboy boots and wear a hat. Mm-mm. Just didn't happen. Three weeks after being there, true story, three weeks after being there, I came home and I'm crying to my wife. I said, honey, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't feel like I'm fitting in here. I, I don't feel like things are happening afraid of failure that's why a lot of times we don't trust and she said well why why don't you feel like you trust here true story true story i'm just sharing my heart and i said uh i uh, have never been around so many white folks in my life (laughs) i was like a fish out of water i felt like the biggest failure like man but I trusted God. And sometimes what happens is, you know what? You're afraid to trust because you don't want to fail. And you know what? I eventually, I trusted God even though it didn't feel right, even though I wasn't a yeehaw. I was, what's up, man? Pounded dog. You know what? God made it happen. Another one is, why don't we trust? We're not willing to sacrifice or give up something. You see, what you hold on to is all you're going to have. God will only take and use that what you give him. So if you want to hold back, guess what? If you reap sparingly, sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. That's just the principle. So what you hold on to, that's all you're going to have. But what you let go of, God can take and multiply. So maybe sometimes we're afraid to trust because we're not willing to give up something. And then the fear of the unknown. I want to see it before I believe it. You want to be like Missouri, show me state. We're proud of those license plates, right? Whenever you go by Missouri, show me. That's kind of us in our cars. To be a great father is to look through the eyes and the heart of our heavenly father. Amen. So today I want to encourage you dads, and not only dads, but all of us, to learn to trust God, to trust God at all occasions and know that he is in control. All right. Ladies with the gifts, will you come? We have some great things. I'm, today, fathers, we have something special for you. And we did this deliberately today by giving you flashlights and also ink pens if you'd like an ink pen, a flashlight. The reason why we're giving you a flashlight is because I want you to let your light shine. I want you to let your light shine amongst your family, amongst your peers, amongst your coworkers. 
to remind you every time you see that flashlight, it's to let your light shine. Fathers, will you stand with me at this time? And I want to have you come, if you would. Will you come, fathers? And I want you to come, and you can take whatever you want, a pen, ink pen, a flashlight. Then stay up here so we can pray over you today. But come and grab one. And I already got mine. I already put it on my, my keychain, and I used it yesterday already. But I want you to come. Grab one. And let me pray over you today. Isn't this cool to see all these dads? Look at all these fathers. This is, come on, give the Lord praise. Isn't this cool? Isn't this cool? I love it. I love it. Hey, and by the way, as the dads are coming, we won our softball game Friday night. Hey, bad to the bone. Amen. But I want to pray over Make sure you guys get one. If you need one, take one extra for another one. If you want to give it to your dad, we have extras. Take one for dad. Take one for whatever. Take one for dad. Will you stand with me, congregation? Let's pray over our dads today. Amen. Isn't this cool to see these dads today? Guys, I wanted to let you know I, I love every one of you. God bless you, man. God bless you. Great man. I met this guy at the softball game. Last year, I met him at a softball game. Isn't that cool? Father, I thank you for these fathers. I thank you for these men of God. They're role models. They're leaders. They're guiders. They are protectors. They're providers. Lord, sometimes the weights can be heavy because the responsibility sometimes falls so heavily on us that, God, it, it gets overwhelming. But, Father, I pray today that you will be the glory and the lifter of their heads, that you will encourage these men, that they will know that, God, that they're on the right path and they're doing what's right for your glory, for your honor. I pray for renewed strength, renewed vision, renewed opportunities, doors to open for them, God, that, God, they will walk with purpose because, Father, that's what happens with men sometimes. We lose our way, we lose our purpose, and then we get discouraged and defeated and depressed. And I pray a blessing over every one of these men right now in Jesus' name, that you will open the windows of heaven to these fathers and they will know that they are loved, honored, and respected because of who you are. So, Father, bless them. Bless this day. Lord, may they be honored. And, God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. And all God's people said, amen. Now, let's give the Lord praise. God bless you today. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. Go out on the lake. Go fish. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. Would you consider a financial gift to help support this ministry? Giving is simple and safe. Just go to our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com and click on the Give tab. Thank you for your generous gift.